Welcome to Average Joe's Podcast. This is Zygmunt Maloney, president of the league, and I'm with Sean Smith from Towson. Say hello. Hey, everyone. Uh, in this podcast, we'll talk about Nationals stuff, but mostly from an admin pr- perspective. I think, uh, Sean, you were going to do like a preview podcast. Yeah, hopefully I'll be able to get that done sometime this upcoming weekend with some of the guys from around the league. Yeah, and in that podcast, you'll probably even have a finished schedule. It might even function as like a preview, uh, release preview kind of thing. But anyways, um, we're going to start this off with um, our March Madness bracket, which is completely unrelated to Nationals, but um, we had a March Madness bracket on ESPN. Uh, I got some 31 people in it, although Spencer Jardine did not fill out a bracket. Anyways, <laughs> there's only like seven people left, and everybody who does has Florida. What are your thoughts, Sean? Uh, mine is, the first thing that jumps out is how Kevin Bailey is at the top of the list again. Um, and the other one is I'm kind of bummed that I forgot to join this group before uh, the bracket started, and at the same time, I'm kind of happy because mine got destroyed. Many people did. I don't know, we're having a, I'm going to have a small prize for whoever wins, providing they're nationals. Probably going to be like 10 bucks. I don't know. Something, something, something. Yeah, I don't even know who's in first right now. The T Jocks three. Um, I don't know, but he has Michigan State is winning. I think that'll once the last the final four plays, I think that'll sort it out a little bit more, right? Yeah, he does have Wisconsin going to the championship game, which is still a possibility. So if they win go to the championship and either Florida loses or loses in the championship game, then he might actually keep the win. Hmm. Well, uh, everybody will have to take a look at uh, Kevin Bailey's article when it comes out. He's publishing an article on March Madness. Basically, some of the, the teams, the NCDA teams and their member schools that where they've gone. So, that'll come together. And uh, let's move on to uh, Nationals, pretty much, the purpose of this podcast. Let's go over the National participants that we have so far. We have um, Kent, Grand Valley, Central Michigan, James Madison, University of Wisconsin-Platteville, Saginaw Valley, Miami, uh, Western Kentucky, DePaul Dodgeball Society, Penn State, the new team from last year, which is, it's always good to see them come back. And University of Maryland, and of course, Towson. And that's just people that have actually emailed me. I think, uh, UK, somebody else did it today. I don't know. They, they I know I emailed you earlier today. Yeah. That's a, I think we're going to have about mm, 14 teams or so. Which is, it's pretty good. It's not as good as it could be. I'm actually kind of surprised because I thought Ohio is a little more central to all the teams than Kentucky was last year, so I thought we would have actually had a bigger pool this year. Yeah, I think it's just so it's so hard to travel. It's so expensive. I think that's why a lot of teams haven't been going. Yeah, but I'm sure there are some teams that may have just 
either not seeing you requesting to email them or just have forgotten like I did for a while because I don't even see Michigan State on this list and I'd be very surprised if they didn't come. Yeah, I, they uh, emailed me today this morning. Um, yeah, they'll be there. I, I, You know, I know a couple of the teams, the major teams, will be there, but they just haven't done their paperwork, which is just frustrating because we don't really have that much paperwork as a league, and there could be so much more paperwork, but I try to make it easy on you guys just because I've been there. And, yeah, I, it's, do your paperwork. It's the main main thing. I can't comment on that. We're still waiting for our check to clear to send in our uh, entry fee money. Uh, well, good thing we could at least uh, use the league's small treasury to reimburse OSU to get the shirts so we can actually get them on time. Which is... Which launches me into another thing about uh, the, the national shirt logo re we released today. Somewhat. I still have to do some modifications, but what do you think of the logo so, so far? Uh, I thought it was a cool design. Um, yeah, I wasn't really sure because I'm not, you know, like an artist or anything, what might be the best option to do for something like that. But I thought from what I saw it was really cool. Although, the one idea I had um, where they could use like the Buckeye leaf and then done uh, like all the conferences on each leaf, I thought that would have been cool too. But, you know, but um, the design you have looks really good. That that might make it onto the back of the shirt. I don't know if we're doing the back of the shirt just because of cost reasons and time reasons um, because we didn't get a lot of money in. But that was a really good idea, and I, I like that idea that the little conference on the Buckeye Leaf. And that's like the one of the only things OSU was allowed to use as to the identity of OSU. So I think the Ohio State Dodgeball Syndicate probably like be, be nicked off that one and then probably just left blank. I don't know, we'll, we'll put it out in a couple couple days and then it should be good to go. Yeah, well, really be interesting is uh, what the All-Star shirts look like. Yeah, I actually have, uh, I think, Kevin Hill, a former graphic designer from DePaul Dodgeball and uh, all-around awesome guy. He's also coming to the to Nationals, but I think he's working on the All-Star shirt and maybe even a lady shirt if we have enough money left over. It depends on what the printer gives us for the quote. Guess we will see. Um, yeah, and uh, I've, along with the people that are coming to Nationals, I also want to include uh, some very good sports. I think, you know, of course, Mike McCarthy is nudging his way in even though Sienna Heights is not available to come to Nationals. Um, he's still coming. I don't know. He's, he's, I don't know. We might have uh, Virginia Commonwealth come. Uh, Shadid might make an appearance. And uh, also Davenport um, University in Michigan. They're also going to bring some representatives. So uh, at least I wanted to put, make it an open event so people can come and play an all-star game even if they can't bring a full like, 10-person pre team. Because that's what Nationals should be. It should be more for the league as a general general whole, even if you're not available to play. That's just my belief. 
I agree. Do we have uh, any word from anyone from like St. Ambrose or anyone out that way if they're going to be able to come? St. Ambrose just emailed me today and said they weren't able to come because uh, they couldn't get funding to do it or something to that effect. And, I, and RIT is concentrating on Elite Dodgeball because they have like people in Rochester that are doing Elite. Yeah, I heard about that the other day. And that's just the thing about having a spaced out league. We really should have a couple teams around the northeast, more teams, so like RIT wouldn't have to travel three or four hours. Yeah, we've tried finding some more clubs up that way or even just closer to us. And around here, it's hard to find clubs that just have the dodgeball club, whether it's competitive or non-competitive in general. Yeah, I mean, uh, I tried to get you guys to uh, talk to Rowan when you guys went to that regional, Northeast Regional Tournament. Uh, we did, and the, um, the main issue with, like, the teams down there, or not down there, they're out there for me, um, was their, like, numbers, because as soon as we said 15 on 15, you know, they weren't really sure about it, uh, especially Rowan, because they're such a small school. Uh, but we did talk to one school up in Vermont that seemed like they would really be interested in it. But, I mean, that's just that's such a hike for everyone, even for RIT. It'll be on the docket to discuss at the captain's meeting because um, I'm going to look for more, more people to be exclusive coordinators for recruitment. But, yeah, I mean, that's another thing. We should... Four teams is actually fairly, fairly good. It's also probably above average because um, we had four teams join within the last year and uh, yeah that's we, we, we definitely need more people and we need to be spread out so we need more staff on hands or hands on the staff hands doing stuff for work okay let's move on to rulebook proposals uh, Earlier today, we did release a little reminder email to the the email list about getting your rulebook proposals in, as long and also your all star um, all star selections. But rulebook proposals, the captain's meeting is. Tr I'm going to try to make it only like maybe 30 to 60 minutes long. We can't fit that much in because we have so much other policy stuff that is much more important, and a lot of the rules. Have need to be gone over in the summer. There's a lot of rules that are just more in-depth, and historically, making a rule in the captain's meeting has been a horrible way to go. So uh, all the big rules will get pushed to the summer and then have a an inclusive vote with the league um, because there aren't, there's, the, the league has become bigger than everyone going to nationals and representing the captain's meeting. So there, there needs to be a little bit more spread out. So we'll have it online. Um, but for right now, the rulebook proposals, you should get them in to the, you know, post them on the forum. Get them in within a couple days because I, I, we need time to, Felix and I need time to assemble that itinerary for the captain's meeting. And yeah. 
Yeah, hopefully uh, things will be a little bit smoother with that if we push the other rules to the side. Because I remember last year's captain meeting, um, granted it was my first ever one, but it felt like it took a really long time. Uh, it always does. It's kind of like traditional, but I mean, I think in the last two years, I've tried to, I mean, well, granted the, the Saginaw at 2012, I didn't really, I was also making the seeds at the same time, so I missed like half of the meeting, which was really hard to do the rule book after that, but, um, yeah, as far as last year at Kentucky, tried to keep it, I tried to keep the rules out of it, they still snuck their way in. It's just a tradition, and it really shouldn't be like such an arduous experience. It should just be like the captains having some donuts and discussing stuff. Finally getting a bite to eat. Yeah, having fun. So, I, and, uh, and you know, another thing about uh, rulebook proposals is I just wanted to have anybody that submitted a proposal give me like more than just one sentence. Give me like, you can do it, a, you can record a video, you can record a, a sound file, and, and it, but just like one line just doesn't cut it, because it can't, I need more to do in order to, you know, give it some sub substantial stuff that I can think about and write and give it a proposal for it. Yeah, and I, I saw Wes post the uh, catch gets two people in one. Let's just avoid that one at all costs. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, at, in the Paul rules, if you catch a ball with your legs unaided against anything, you uh, actually get two people in. Well, that's a bit more of an extraneous circumstance. I don't think people are especially the guys who are willing to go for Texas with their legs, knowing where they might actually get hit. It's only ha it only happens like once every three years. The rule book will be... The rule book as it stands is, is fairly fairly good. I mean, we're still going through and, and adding stuff and clarifications, and there's most of the rules that are being introduced are not game-changing. They're defining the, the rule book better, which is always a good thing. Yeah, I haven't run into too many instances this year, um, at least not from the last two years, um, where a lot of situations would come up where we didn't know what the rule was. Um, I don't know whether it's just things that are more clear on our end, having been in the league longer, or if just the rule book is getting a lot more clarity to it. Yeah, I think it's just uh, more clarity. But I could be wrong. I, I, I stand to be corrected. There is, I mean, the rule book is a living document because our game is, is a living living entity, even though it, it new, new strategies and stuff and comes into the rules all the time, so. Yeah, I just, uh, hopefully we don't run into anything where any, like, extraneous situations happen at Nationals just because we realize uh, later on that there's, like, one rule that really isn't clear. Yeah, and as far as that goes, we'll, we're probably going to have some great, great officials to make a decision on hand. Because if, if anything is unclear in the rules, the, the officials have authority to declare anything fairly within, with, without the bounds of the rules, so, or out of bounds of the rules. Yeah, it'll also be nice at Nationals uh, if we have enough 
alumni and anyone else who's willing to help out where we can have baseline reps because I've noticed sometimes whether we know the rules or not, it's hard to make a right call on a rule um, standing in the middle of the court if something happens on the baseline and we can't really see it. Yeah, and as far as that goes, I think we'll have a decent amount of people, but it, it, looking through the schedule and looking uh, looking at the refs that have already some, like registered, um, which is, we're about to like 16 or 17 that have actually registered, we should have at least three or four people. And I, I've gone into a thing where the ref does not have to stand on the half-court line and, like, just stand there. I I tell my refs to move on the sideline ahead of the action. So, like, say Towson is moving up to the attack line to attack Maryland. I say that the official should be ahead of the attack line so they can get more view on the action. Because if you're standing in the half-court line and Towson's blocking half your view, yeah, it's it, you should definitely move up. And I think that's... Uh, you know, some some mechanic stuff that can always be improved. Yeah, um, the one thing I actually do kind of wish was um, that the course that we had had sort of like a bird's eye view sort of area, because the last room I went to, I noticed some calls that were missed uh, that went both ways when I was able to stand up on Jamie's track for a little bit. Um, so I kind of wish we had a way to get a view like that um, to enforce some rules, but, you know, I can only wish for so much. Yeah, I mean, even something like a, a volleyball ladder, or a volleyball official's ladder. That would actually probably work really well. That's a good idea, Sean. I'm going to put that in the mechanics. I'm writing it down right now. Glad to know I can contribute something to this. Well, um, that was good. That was good. Um, well, let's let's move on to the schedule. Right now, we don't have a schedule per se, but we do have the the court times that were available, and we have plenty of space and plenty of hours of dodgeball that we could fit in over the weekend. It's basically 5 p.m. on on Friday to 5 p.m. on Sunday. That is 48 hours of of OSU allotted time. Well, granted, we don't have it over the, the the night break, but we do have it till 12 a.m. on uh, Friday and Saturday nights. So that's that's really good on, on Carlton and, and Jude's part. Maybe that gives us more of a chance to get a really good lunch break in, which would be uh, really awesome compared to last year, which, no offense, Kentucky, I just could have used some lunch. Yes, uh, I'm. I that's a consideration in, in making the schedule. Also, is uh, having a decent break for the team. So, like, maybe even it. It depends on on the way it works out, and it's really hard to do it right now because we don't know for sure everybody that's coming. So, I'm basically designing it around a 16-person event or 16-team event. It's just hard when you don't have a confirmation, but it's. It's, it's not that hard. It just takes some time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess since we're talking about this from an administrative standpoint, even from like a captain's administrative standpoint, in a sense, um, you know, I'm sure it'll help them out a lot if we have a little extra time. Because 
or players can, you know, like ice their arms and rest and stuff instead of going like back to back to back or something like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, Columbus is the home of Wendy's. That's what I learned when I first went there. My Nationals, 2008, my first Nationals so long ago. Well, there goes all of my money. Um, oh, uh, one extra thing on the schedule. So, like, Friday could very well be a, a lull day, as in there's probably not a lot of teams who want to play. They really should play on Friday because it just it it makes it infinitely easier on the schedule and on the teams themselves. Um, so I'm definitely looking for people to play on Friday. But we have like four courts and 5 p.m. to 12 a.m. So I'm actually thinking of turning some of that time that we don't need into open dodgeball for the staff, alumni even some guests that they want to come in, even, I don't know, some of the teams that they want, if they wanted to play, like, you know, Cone Ball or DePaul Rules or Kent State Rules. Or, like, Freeze Ball, the local, you know, maybe some gladiator matches. That'd be kind of fun, especially since I haven't even heard half of those, so I'd really like to try those if I could, but unfortunately we will probably be on the road heading to Ohio State until pretty late. Yeah, and that's the thing for a lot of people, so I really hope that at least we can get some of the staff um, there on Friday night. I know I will be I'll be leaving f- early Friday morning from Chicago to get in so I can help Jude set up. Yeah, well, I mean, that's something I really want um, to turn because I've always had the view that Nationals is an event. It's not the, the tournament is on Sunday. Pool play is on Saturday and Friday, and then the whole thing is an event. It's not just specifically a tournament just for dodgeball. It's it's like a, a bonding experience, which is what I what we always say after the event is done is like, oh, what a great family the NCDA is. So yeah, I mean, uh, last year was my first one, and it seemed definitely more like an event than you know like other club teams I've heard about where it's just show up, play, go home, and you know. No one really talks to each other, so I definitely really enjoyed that. You know, we had more of an event feel to it, where you know everyone was like in between breaks and stuff was just like hanging out and talking to people, and you know I was meeting a ton of people I pr- would probably never have met before just based on the region that I play in. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, I like to go back to uh, Western Kentucky's Nationals, which I always thought was an amazing experience, um, because it was probably about my nationals as like a treasurer for DePaul. It's not like an all, I didn't really do much as as like administrative for the NCDA at least. I just did the the rankings, but um, it was a lot of fun because we DePaul had a lot of time off during the matches, and we played kickball with Grand Valley, and it, uh, outside in the in the beautiful April, April spring air in Bowling Green, and it was just it was amazing. I got hit in the face playing kickball, but... Grand Valley hitting face shots even during kickball. I don't think they know how to stop. Yes, it's guaranteed. Uh, in terms of scheduling, do we have, like, a schedule time and people who, uh, well, I guess, will be captaining the all-star teams this year? Um, for right now, I think they were looking at having the, the all-star game around 10 
a.m. ish. And as far as like uh, the All Star selection and captains, I don't really know what's going on because I haven't. I was going to get the people from the All Star roster and then figure it out from there. Gotcha. Um, I like how do you guys select the captains for these things? Uh, last year it was just Zach Brown going okay. Felix, you're from Kentucky. Zig, you're from Illinois. And I was like, well, okay. You know, and it just kind of, he just kind of chose, and it was just, you know, four guys that are fairly popular, I would say. Huh. Seems like it worked out pretty well, then. Yeah, it, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I think we, uh, I think it's going to be 20 minutes of dodgeball or so. And then we'll also have the ladies match around then, as well as the alumni match against the All-Stars. Alumni and staff versus the All-Stars. That would be fun to watch. I'm going to miss my free t-shirt this year, though. Um, well, at least you'll have a, a, na a spicy national shirt. I like the use of the adjective spicy. <laughs> I don't know. It's red and gray. It's just... The word that came to mind. Well, it works pretty well with it, so I think we should uh, stick to that. Um, I don't know. Well, I think we've we've gone over the main major talking points. Do you have anything else you wanted to to bring up? Uh, no. I think uh, in terms of administrative stuff, um, I think we're good for the most part. Uh, until then, I think the main thing everyone's just looking forward to is uh. The schedule release, which I think, as you said earlier, I might be able to do with a bunch of guys this uh, this Saturday. Yeah, uh, that's de it. Definitely gives me uh, something to have a deadline and work towards. But I I wanted to get it out anyway, just because I have I have so much going on that because I mean, you know I'm trying to do the the RPI and the four different formulas and then get the get everything going for that, as well as the officiating application, handling day-to-day -day paperwork, the content team not doing stuff all the time. But I like doing stuff. I get to put it on resumes later. Let's do more. I need more content. Alright, well, I'll try to find some more content to put on. Uh, yeah, uh, well, okay. Yeah, I... You guys do do a lot, but I, like, I just want like I want like two hours out of the seven people that are content writers right now a week, two hours a week, and then it would it would be much better for me. I completely understand, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to help you out with that. All right, well I think this about wraps it up. Um, if you if anybody has any questions concerns, please leave them in the comments. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think about anything because we value your listenership. There's an age-old joke with Average Joe's podcast is that we have about five, five people that actually listen to it the entire way through. So to those five people, thank you. And for those five people, uh, hopefully the schedule release will be being put together by like Saturday night or sometime early on Sunday. So look for that to come out around then. All right. Uh, this is Zygmunt Maloney, League Pre
president and boss man of interns. And I'm Sean Smith, uh, assistant captain for Towson and NCAA content writer. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thanks for listening to Average Joe's podcast. Be sure to check out more episodes of Average Joe's on iTunes or our website, ncdadodgeball.com. Until next time, just remember the five D's of dodgeball. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and...